Welcome back to another episode of Keone Chats. And for myself, anytime I start on a new journey, I think about the beginning. I think about the uh, people that were there at the start. So for, let's say, this podcast journey, I think about my first episode with Brandon Shimada and how I was able to conduct myself and how I was able to get it released and how it looked and how I've really just made strides since then. So my guest today is Kale Newton. Kale and I co-anchored a episode of Duck TV Sports and that was actually my first and only episode. Kale has been on a few other times prior so he was a, he's a veteran. He's obviously someone that knows how to be in front of a camera and how to read a teleprompter and do all of those little basic things. So I was I felt very comfortable being there with him and be able to be a little goofy also. So uh, yeah, I was very happy to get him on the show. You know, when he and I were in, let's say a viewing room, I could just, I see him just bouncing around the room, just talking to everyone, having a very fun and going conversation. And it was very, like, I knew that bringing him on the show and having a conversation with him, it was going to be very easy. It was going to be very smooth and then it's just going to be very comfortable. So I, it was an awesome experience for him, and I knew that once he graduated from University of Oregon, that he actually didn't pursue a, a you know a career in journalism or a career as a reporter or anchor, but instead he became a teacher. So he was able to also take some of the lessons you learned in journalism communications, because he does take a certain kind of personality to be in the journalism, uh, I guess, program where you have to be able to talk to anyone. You have to be able to have a fluid conversation or at least learn how to like ask questions. Um, so he was able to take that and uh, find that energy he was able to harness in front of the camera and harness that same energy when he was in front of his students. So uh, it's also nice to know that he's a legacy. So meaning that his mom is a teacher as well or uh, is a teacher or just has been a teacher in the past. So. Uh, I'm sure she was very excited to see that her son was picking up that mantle and continuing on. So, yeah, it's uh, we talked about some pretty deep stuff, and uh, I knew that we were gonna have a good conversation and it flowed, but I didn't know how uh, how in depth we were gonna get. So it was very nice to have that kind of conversation with him. So before I send you off to that uh, interview, I just wanted to give everyone a quick update on this. Uh, not like mission, but just kind of uh, the month challenge that I set myself on as far as trying different uh, black-owned restaurants within the Portland area. So last weekend, I was able to try Viking Soul Food located on the Bite of Belmont, which was also featured on Triple D, Diners, Drives, and Dives with Guy Fieri. Absolutely love that show. So I knew it was going to be good. And then when I mentioned that to some people at work that I was going to try it, they... Uh, brought up all sorts of options for me to try. So I tried the police plate, the P-O-L-S-E. So I'm sorry if I butchered the name of the saying of that one. I also tried the meatball plate. And what's crazy is that anytime you hear the word plate, you think there's some sort of carb involved. So like rice, bread, or soup or something like that. But it was no carbs, there were no carbs. Well, virtually no, uh, because the bed of the plate was actually lettuce, and then you had some, I'm gonna say like red cabbage or beets, um, and then you had the meat, which uh, it was either, it was still kind of firm, and then also very sweet, because um, and probably some of the seasoning, and then also 
the uh, sauce, which kind of looks like a cranberry sauce for, you would see on Thanksgiving, or some sort of berry sauce is uh, drizzled on top. And that's where the real sweetness came into play for the plate. So check them out. Bite on Belmont. Viking soul food. Very great food. I want to try more of their menu. So at least I'm able to now find some uh, very interesting hidden, not like hidden gems, but hidden gems to me as in I, I just didn't know. So uh, very excited. Uh, check out. I did post about it on Instagram. So I think that's how I'll uh, do that going for the next uh, two, I guess, two entries into this little monthly challenge I'm in. So uh, check that out. So to be in the loop when it comes to those kind of announcements, so, so like let's say this food adventure or the DC animated universe or mock drafts or just any kind of photos. Uh, so follow KC Media on both Instagram and Twitter. And the handle is KC Media 13. And then for Facebook, it's Conluke Media. And then I always forget to plug YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Keone Chats. Uh, subscribe, follow, do all that fun stuff. Uh, also located on all podcast platforms. It really means a lot if, uh, you know, if you want to put in some review or at least uh, listen, however you want to just, honestly, it never, it does matter to me to like, know. see, it's kind of cool to see the viewerships and it's kind of cool to, uh, see how many people like the post that has pertained to an episode announcement. But the real enjoyment is just getting people's stories out there. So um, even if they only see the clip and then they get excited about it, at least some acknowledgement and some light is being shed on their stories. So very happy with that. Uh, so DC, speaking of DC animated, DC animated movie review series, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I have one film left to watch. It's, I'm having a hard time finding it. Uh, but I think I have another or maybe one or two more avenues to check and then I should be good to get that started. And uh, 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 yeah, then that should be good to go. So that's, uh, again, a little bit bittersweet to say that, but it's, uh, it's good to finally have that one off my mind and done on the checklist. So and then that and then the DC or the uh, uh, NFL mock draft. There it is. Uh, so still working on that one. So having a little hard time. It's been really weird to work on a mock draft this year with team, with players that also opted out for the year. So working off the 2019 film, um, but it's uh, it's still something I need, um, it's on my mind. Don't worry about it, I didn't forget about it. So however you are listening to this episode on whichever platform you prefer, or if you would like to watch this on YouTube, I hope you enjoy my chat with Kale Newton. things come full circle fans of the show where i am about you know this will be episode 38 of me hosting a podcast show where i want to practice my journalism and my guest today is the my first ever co-anchor for a duck tv episode which is a student-run broadcasting station all full circle i'm so excited kale noon how are you doing today i'm doing great man how you doing uh, you know, Sundays are a little quiet since the NFL season ended, so it's uh, trying to find things to refill in that empty time. It's a, it can be a little difficult. For sure, for sure, yeah. Fill it, finding a way to fill the days. Um, I am also very excited to come uh, full circle. That was uh, 
I looked back at the, um, I think there's an Instagram way, way back five, six years ago, whenever that was. Um, but yes, I'm happy to be back alongside you, albeit virtually. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I <laughs> so I rehashed up the old website that we were like required to make while in the J school. And mm-hmm. then obviously I was able to polish it up, but our episode is actually still on my website. So, <laughs> Oh man. Oh, How bad is it? Oh, I didn't watch it, but I just remember our intro was what uh, it's that time of the week. Again, where two guys in ties tell you all about sports. Oh, boy. Oh. oh man. That's terrible. I probably wrote that. Um, oh boy. <laughs> that was probably the best entrance of like any episode that we saw for like because you know that year it got all the same like welcome back to another episode duck tv yeah you're just a guy that likes to you know take a new spin on things how long have you been uh, having that kind of mentality um i would say that that first of all uh, i think that's a charitable way of putting it um and i think that that mentality is at least part of why i did not go into uh journalism <laughs> after college um Although it was Duck TV was delightful and I really enjoyed Oregon News and the whole the whole process and I mm-hmm. still I gained a lot from it but I think there's a reason why I didn't go into it and I think that that opening line is part of why <laughs> but um, yeah I think um, how did you say it taking a new spin I think um, that is more just a product of my rapidly like so many people in our generation shrinking attention span I think that. I'm more or less just constantly trying to uh, <laughs> reactivate my brain um, and uh, keep it at least semi-focused. And sometimes a good way to do that is, uh, yeah, throwing uh, throwing a proverbial monkey wrench into a conversation or broadcast as it may be. Yeah, because those things, it's like, granted, everyone's going to see it. It's just a bunch of our peers. It's fine. It's not like we're you know, has uh, two episodes ago where I had Mariah Mills on. She was like, yeah, my reel from college, I basically burned that to the ground because we're oh, not God. showing yeah. that. To, like, I don't know where my reel exists, if it exists, but it, I, yeah, I want to put it wherever they put the Ark of the Covenant at the end of like, Raiders of the Lost Ark because yeah. no one needs to see that. Wooden crate, big old storage unit, yep. just the slow music. Get it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've actually never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, but that scene is just played oh. over and over and over and over again. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. I think uh, the Indiana Jones, the Crystal Skull, that one, when I heard about the whole refrigerator incident where he was able to survive a nuclear explosion, I was like, um, nope. Nope. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that is uh, testing the limits of credulity, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I get it. Movies are supposed to make you like forget about reality for at least like an hour, maybe two hours. But it's like, sure. I'm sorry, but that's that's a step too far. <laughs> that's a, a smidge too far. Old old Harrison Ford in a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. The fact also, I mean, they could have spun that off of that, like what Harrison Ford's kid or something like that, or you know, maybe I mean, Shia LaBeouf in that position. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that was that was an odd choice, and and he yeah he's getting odd. I, because the thing too, I think the problem that they ran into with that movie in particular is Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford, right? You can't, you can't have Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford, but Harrison Ford is very, very old now. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that's what happened. 
I also wasn't much of a Star Wars fan growing up, but I did hear that he reprised his role as for Han Solo uh, in the remakes. So then I heard he got killed off. Spoiler for people who haven't seen it, but like, you know. Yeah, he gets killed, killed in the in the Force Awakens. I, yeah, I don't even know if you need spoilers for that because that came out a while ago, right? I, I so, know. If you haven't seen it, get out of here. Don't yeah. be <laughs> this is not the episode for you guys. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he gets he gets got by his son, played by Adam Driver, mm. uh, Kylo Ren. Yes, I like. I, I actually I have a pretty low bar for of of enjoyment for Star Wars, where I'm. I'm definitely a fan. I'm not like hyper, hyper invested. Like a lot of people I'm excited for people who are, but like, it's not, yeah, it's not my main fandom or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to just kind of enjoy, enjoy a fun sci-fi movie. I don't, I don't need it to fulfill my every wish and dream all the time. So there's a movie that came out recently, uh, not recently, but maybe like, uh, maybe 2019. Tw- yeah. 2019. Uh, it's called the dead don't die with uh, bill murray and adam driver and they just oh i think i saw a preview for this yeah yeah like it's kind of like an unconventional kind of zombie movie where yeah yeah i'll see about that but um so adam driver he does make a little a few uh little jabs at his time as kylo ren in that movie oh that's funny like i didn't see it but i knew he was on there because all the posters and trailers were on us so i was like it's a smart move guys (laughs) <laughs> a smart move <laughs> yeah i like uh, i like a little fourth wall breaking yeah oh yeah yeah especially yeah when uh, deadpool came out that one was the one i was yeah, just yeah. like oh i rewatched that recently yeah yeah like uh, ryan reynolds is i mean i'll openly admit i have a, I have a man crush on ryan reynolds because of his humor and also like a chisel dude it's like i, I want to get like that buff dude, yeah i have a normal crush on ryan reynolds so i get it <laughs> <laughs> damn you blake lively yeah I, I will i'll be happy for blake lively but if i have to fight blake lively so be it yeah i think he could take her i think he could take her i think she's probably she's probably got me on at least height and reach right uh yeah she's she's, she's, she's a, I, I feel like also she has the the heels yeah yeah mm. there's something yeah she seems like there's a side of her where she might be able to like beat me up i'm not sure though yeah i've never seen gossip girl but like i figured that it has Ooh, to be somewhat true mm-hmm. that's a good point yep now i'm rethinking my whole strategy maybe i'll just <laughs> i might leave i might leave her alone <laughs> so you and i are about uh so i'm about five seven five eight i i think you and i are about the same height correct i'm a little shorter than you yeah a little shorter and i, I remember seeing an instagram post where you know you wanted to break some barriers as far as dating someone taller than you <laughs> how that that was my lead-in that's my segue i got some barriers yeah <laughs> a lot of practice helps me get really into smooth segues but um how just not just you know for yourself or in you know this other partner you have but just like in general the whole idea of like dating someone that is your height or shorter than you what are your what are your thoughts on that hmm dating someone taller than me yeah like just you know, yeah. different height either shorter or taller so, so- yeah, so what I would say is, A, most people are taller than me, so that <laughs> that, that simplifies the process somewhat in terms of the selection pool. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely like that you said breaking barriers, um, not because I was thinking of it in that way, um, but 
like I will say, like I'm very, I'm very happy to be a um, a pioneer for all the uh, all the short kings out there. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, like more seriously, a lot of it is just like I think pretty early on in my life, in terms of like maybe late adolescence, I kind of just had a real, uh, you know, talking to yourself in the mirror kind of moment, and was like, look this is it. We're 17, 18, whatever it was, I think it was in high school. We're not getting taller. This is exactly what we're going to be working with for the rest of life here. So we need to figure out how to maximize the tools we do have. <laughs> um, and honestly, just, you know, I think everyone has some level of type, right? Whether people are like, I really like blue eyes or whatever, right? I, I genuinely just do I like I like a tall person mm-hmm. um, and I and, and I do like a tall uh, woman tall women are beautiful and yeah. um, and and int- and I think that Netflix made a very bad movie about this uh, a, a little bit I think it was literally just called tall girl that I, I don't know you might have to fact check that but um, <laughs> I recall seeing it and it was really bad but I do remember thinking there is some similarity in terms of like the kinship of like growing up short you get made up but as a dude you get made fun of for being short growing up tall as a girl you get made fun of for being tall so there's some I think sort of like maybe psychological trauma that you have in common with those two groups of people so maybe that's part of it but yes uh that is a very very long way of saying um uh, that I'm not sure where or why it came about exactly but I am dating, uh, I believe the most recent uh, doctor's visit put her at six one. Mm-hmm. I would probably, I'm happy for her. I think I might quibble with that because I'm like, I'm 98% sure she's six foot, but look, man, I, I'll get, I'll give her the extra inch. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've only been involved with one woman that was taller than me. And it honestly, like, it never really matters the height it just matters like how you feel about each other is it matters how you make each other feel when you're next to each other or how you feel when you're not next to each other i would yeah 100 percent. and and that's the thing like it's not necessarily like, like i want to be really clear it's not like a fetish or something right it's not oh man just really like tall people um <laughs> but <laughs> but uh yeah it's just the basis for all of the relationships uh, that I've had that have been even moderately successful have definitely been, yeah, the connection to the person, like you mm-hmm. say. Right? Um, and sometimes they just happen to be, you know, like seven inches taller than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, gra- just putting all those other benefits aside, like, oh, you can grab stuff like on the top of the fridge where I can't. Oh man, you wouldn't believe it's terrific. Yeah. <laughs> that's what my mom does for like let's say thanksgiving she's like son i need your height and like <laughs> i'm barely taller than her like i'm barely the tallest in my family so yeah i'm like all right uh, all right let's uh, see what i got here oh there it is <laughs> pulled hammy <laughs> that's actually my yeah. ribs but whatever <laughs> but <laughs> yeah it's um i mean obviously with covid world right now you can't go out into the, the public the bars now does obviously it doesn't really cross your mind because you're out there with your your person but did it ever like do you ever think about like how do how will this look for other people seeing like this 
kind of oh yeah 100 percent. i um how to say this i think i think this is true for a lot of people so i think it's okay to just say i am definitely real tied up in myself i think everyone has uh, a certain level of uh ego going on certain level of narcissism and i think that how we think other people perceive us very much ties into that. So yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of like how people are perceiving me, like what I'm wearing that day, who I'm with, whatever, um, you know, when I'm running, right? Anything you're doing, you can, uh, maybe I'll just speak for myself. I can pretend uh, that I'm not thinking about how other people are perceiving me, but I definitely am. So I'm very aware of, you know, walking, um, walking down the street or whatever yeah. with um, my, very tall girlfriend um but for me that's that's much closer to like a flex than it is uh a a thing to be self-conscious about that's i mean that's just terrific for me so yeah there you go she's a terrific person and she's frankly she's very very pretty so you know it's like yeah this is great for me yeah there you go man (laughs) i know like i've seen since since college i've seen some of your photos you're you're very bright, you know, and very colorful person when it comes to your clothing. I've seen, I think maybe a bright pink shirt on you, maybe a highlighter yellow. I can guarantee at some point you've probably seen me in a pink shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Now, uh, so actually before I dive into that little uh, tidbit, I want to dive into. So when it came to your students, obviously this year you can see them. Um, and then, you know, last year, cause you've been, how long have you been a teacher? So I was hired last school year. Uh, so it's been a, this is my second year. Uh, and it's been a very, very strange two years. because I got hired partway through the beginning of the year last year. So only really got basically like half a semester of somewhat normal teaching, still kind of figuring out the job and everything. And then we obviously around this time last year started going into, um, what our new reality is now. So uh, it has been a very strange calendar year, but it's been a very, very strange couple of academic years. So when you got that half semester in, obviously it's, how was it for you to try to make yourself an authority figure when all of these students at that point in their life, they're hitting their growth spurts or they're about to, they're dominating athletic fields because of their height and their build and whatnot. How was it for you to try to, you know, just set yourself as a authority figure. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is something for sure. Right. Cause being, uh, being a smaller dude and yeah, some of these, cause you know, I mean, a lot of these kids, especially by the time they're senior year, they're, they're full grown, right. They're, they're, they're big kids. Like, uh, like you say, you know, some of them are, um, athletes at the school and yeah, they're big, they're full, they're full grown. Um, but I think the, the thing that I try to keep front of mind for me, uh, when dealing with students, because now we are seeing students a little bit again, right? Um, is it's not that uh, you have to project anything in terms of like stature. It's just, first of all, I try to approach students uh, more like interpersonally, right? I try not to be so much of an authority figure. Obviously, in certain situations, you do have to just be pretty straight up and down and say, no, this is how things are going to go and, you know, put your phone away, whatever. Um, but at the same time, I think the best teachers that I had, particularly in high school, were teachers who made you feel kind of welcomed in to the experience and 
um, encouraged to engage with the material uh, and the lesson, whatever was going on that day. So I try to trend closer to that, which works better in general and also removes the need to kind of be a, yeah, like a prison guard or whatever, because I am not a very intimidating prison guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember from college, you were one of the most liked guys you know, when you enter into that giant, let's say our viewing room for a duck TV episodes and whatnot, you know, everyone went crazy when you enter either like high-fiving or do you want, you talk to everyone. I see you bouncing around all over the room. So I, yeah, I can, I can see you just speaking more to the kids as, you know, like a mentor or as just like a friend versus being yeah. like, I think it's easy. It's easy as a teacher. Cause my mom's a teacher and friends. I have a lot of teachers in my life. Uh, and I think it's really easy in that role, especially if you've been doing it for a while, to almost sort of dissociate the student from the person. And and I totally get why that is, right? You see dozens, if not hundreds of students, depending on where you are in the school, like throughout the course of a year. Um, you're not going to form intimate connections with most, if uh, any of those, right? Like you're not going to have this um, uh great connection with uh, that many students necessarily um but yeah treating them is treating them as people which sounds sort of like uh <laughs> derogatory or something uh but oh yeah it, it, it genuinely does help me to think like hey hey you were here not that long ago right you know i'm t turning 26 soon like i graduated high school eight years ago or so so it's a long time ago but it's also not that long ago and uh it's easy to remember being 16 17 18 and even sort of acknowledging yeah i'm not really full-fledged adult person here but i am a person and i would like some respect please and i think that's what a lot of kids uh want honestly um and i think when you show them that baseline level of respect and you don't kind of condescend to them and you uh treat them with a sort of familiarity rather than the sort of authoritarian distance that a lot of teachers do um i think that does help build those relationships yeah so without naming any names obviously but is there any student that you've worked with these last two two years that reminds you so much of yourself that you're just like oh this is weird i like <laughs> teach myself <laughs> i would absolutely hate to teach myself i um <laughs> I, there, I think a lot of the reason why I have a fair amount of uh, grace and patience for my students is because I have enough recollection of what an obnoxious student I was in high school. Uh, and knowing that that didn't come from a like evil place or malicious place necessarily, I was just a 16 year old boy uh, who was a little, <laughs> a little bit hyperactive <laughs> and maybe not totally engaged with the material. So, uh, so no, I don't know that I have had a student who reminds me a ton of myself. I did have one student who graduated last year who reminded me of myself in that he was clearly very intelligent. And this is not me, you know, breaking my arm, patting my own back here. Because yeah. um, lots of kids are very intelligent. Um, but he was clearly, like, he knew the material. It was clear, like, when you could kind of poke and prod and cajole him into engaging with the material he very clearly understood it and then understood it quickly um but was not performing at a high level and it was just because he was well you know he had add for one thing and he's just like he was not 
connecting with him the way the material is being given and just seeing the different ways that both myself and, and other teachers kind of throughout the year um I guess I kind of adapted to that uh and he graduated was very successful uh through the back half of that year it was cool to see that um it was nice to see uh that level of success for a student who wasn't succeeding in the conventional ways and I think that that's where I succeeded as well right the reason I wanted to teach um English is because of my high school English teacher who very much was a terrific terrific English teacher super smart taught, taught all of the core concepts of English language art language arts but did it in a way that was really interesting and accessible for a lot of different types of students rather than a one-size-fits-all kind of mentality yeah. yeah and i the teaching methodology is probably still evolving to this day so have you have you found your is this your preferred teaching style to just really engage or um is there one that's still kind of that you've experienced that still speaks in the back of your mind like should i actually be like this teacher i had back in high school or should i just continue being me yeah i think teaching like any other job or any other interest really uh it does like practice does make perfect right mm -hmm. um and i am very early on right i'm very much on my rookie contract still i am <laughs> uh just trying to get some minutes and uh develop the skill set but um no yeah i i really enjoy teaching the verb of teaching i enjoy seeing the moment when a particular concept or theme connects with a student that's terrific that's really rewarding to me um but i would definitely say i'm still learning a lot uh, and i would say to the question of who i'd like to be more i would go back to mr cartan who's that english teacher i mentioned he had a really really impressive balance of kind of the energy he brought to the classroom in terms of sometimes a little more reserved like all right we're running through a worksheet on grammar or whatever. And then sometimes we're doing a more wide open discussion about a book. And so there's there's more energy, a little more animated. Um, that a lot of the, I guess, stage presence part of teaching almost, even outside of just the nuts and bolts, what you're teaching, just how you're presenting the material, the energy that you're bringing. Because on the one hand, you need to be somewhat serious, right? You need to, like like you say, you need to be a respected figure if not an authority figure um and sometimes you do need to be an authority figure too but then also knowing when to like you know loosen the tie so mm -hmm. to speak right and um yeah just have a more open discussion particularly with english right um i'm i don't know that this would necessarily be useful in like calculus right yeah. but but for english it is it's such an analytical subject in so many ways especially um on the literary analysis side that i do think that so many times the best way for students to access that material successfully is um to just talk about it what do you think about it and then you can go from there because where i am landing on a book especially the books that we're reading in school is absolutely not going to be where most high school students are landing on it because i'm going to have the background of, okay, we're reading All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy. I've read other Cormac McCarthy books. I enjoy his style of writing. I'm approaching it from a literary analysis standpoint. And that is 
by and large, there are exceptions to this rule, but by and large, that's not where uh, my students are going to start out connecting with it. But you can kind of bring them along and show them why from where they start, even if where they start is this is really boring and hard to read. <laughs> um, it, even talking out and sort of empathizing and say, yeah, I don't always get why he refuses to use quotation marks when people are talking. It does make it a little clunky to read sometimes. Why do you think he does that? Let's figure that out, right? So having a discussion from their perspective and on their terms makes it a lot easier to then access the material from the perspective you're trying to bring them to. And that's something that Cartan did just expertly where you almost, it was almost like inception where you came, you came into the class, not even, not necessarily disliking literature, but very much not having any kind of interest in literature and then came out with a, some baseline level of uh, understanding that you almost didn't even know where it came from because it is, it just felt like I was just having a conversation and now I like books, I guess. <laughs> um, so that's he, he something the, I'm striving for. Keanu Chats is proudly sponsored by Vibes Training. So Dylan Vibes is a good friend and former guest of the show. So when I heard that he was taking his talents and starting his own business, and I knew I wanted to help him out as much as I can. So if you go to vibestraining.com and click on the blue button to get registered, it'll prompt you to download the app, which will have a wealth of exercises ranging from five to 60 minutes. And equipment wise, you can go as little to just your body weight to as much as some uh, weights and dumbbells and barbells. And, uh, but if you don't have any of those options, you can always grab a backpack. Dylan has started to uh, create these workouts with uh, simple, simple things you can find around the house. So like a step stool, you can do some lunges or yeah, if you have that backpack, you can do some uh, Russian twists, for example. So Dylan is a very energetic, he's very ecstatic man. So uh, having him as a personal trainer and just having his workouts, his crazy idea for workouts at your fingertips is such a, it's a very intriguing proposition. So the app also includes a place for everyone to track your progress and also gives you uh, granted, it gives you access to a community that you can either A, share your accomplishments with or B, get some questions answered, but it's always good to know that you have a support system. So go to vibestraining.com, click on the blue button and get registered and get vibes fit today. Yeah, he put the idea there. Like you might not like it at first, but now you're thinking about it. Now you're like, I'm gonna maybe pick up a book later on in life. Maybe I want to take a break from some screens. That's at least how I got back to thinking. I was just like, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm on a screen right now talking with you. I'm on my phone. I'm or at work. I'm just like, I'm just so tired. <laughs> oh, my eyes. Yeah, uh, the the eye fatigue is super real. Yeah. And you just said something like you asked that follow up question, like, what do you think? Like that has been, I think the question that has been asked, like the, if, if the years can have one overarching question, it's like, what do you think? You know, being able to be on this podcast and talk with you and just really open, help me develop that innate ability to ask, what do you think? How are you feeling? And really just dive into more of the, the mental health of people and just, really see like oh okay so kale feels this way i do too what my god didn't we just bond a little more <laughs> <laughs> yeah so mom's a teacher what does your dad do 
Uh, my dad is, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to push him into retirement too early. Um, no. I, was about to say, I think he's, I think he's moving that way, but I don't, dad work as long as you want. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. So he, uh, works in healthcare distribution. It's not terribly interesting to be quite frank. Did he? It's, he, it's a little more interesting now, but he basically, yeah, sells equipment. So. Okay. I assume he got his vaccines too. Uh, he hasn't yet, actually. Yeah, because he's just on the sales side. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going door to door, so. <laughs> just <laughs> no, saying. no, he's, he's, he's remote. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, he's, re- he's good. Yeah, yeah. Which okay. is good. He's an older guy. So, yeah. so you have the history of your mom being a teacher and then all these other teachers you had, obviously, during school. How did wanting to become a journalist or going to a journalism program come about for you? So I did originally going into college and actually through most of college, I definitely had an interest in journalism, particularly political journalism. So I I majored in both political science and journalism at Oregon. And I think my original reasoning for that was um, I, I really enjoyed writing going back to the English thing. And I enjoyed, um, I guess, I enjoyed journalism, like the, you know, finding a story, writing out a narrative, that all the the function of journalism was really interesting to me. And sort of marrying that with the politics seemed like something that was very much something in my wheelhouse. And, you know, I think like a lot of people, I just went through, went through college, went through, you know, Duck TV, Oregon News, um, the terrific program there. And I stayed in it through through college, obviously, through my senior year. And I really, really enjoyed it. And at the very least, I did have the thought of, um, this is something that I still could utilize. And even if I don't go into this career at all, um, these are still really valuable skills. Um, and that's what I would say is um, transitioning from that to now um, teaching, a lot of what I do in my job now, I have a ton of uh, skills that I gained through those programs, through the time at Oregon. Um, you know, whether that's just the public speaking element, you're talking to talking to people all day, every day. Uh, kind of what I mentioned with the stage presence, right? Knowing when to bring the energy up and down. That's obviously something that you do a lot of, um, you know, on the broadcast side of uh, journalism and and just um, having an understanding of language, right? I mean, I'm teaching students how to write and remembering um, the lessons from journalism of keeping things tight, um, just the functionality of writing um, are all super useful skills now as well. So I don't know that it was it was it was it was not as aggressive of a pivot from really being engaged and interested in journalism or political journalism into teaching. It was a, it was actually a relatively, even surprising to me, honestly, a seamless sort of transition. So you had your own program for Duck TV Sports, or I think just Duck TV, the broadcasting, where you did your own talk show. Uh, was <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. I want to say some combination of like last week, tonight or it was a pretty blatant ripoff of john oliver's title is what i remember distinctly because i remember saying it as a joke and we were like you just do that (laughs) john oliver is not gonna care i think i'm gonna say yesterday's news tonight is 
Yes, some very that could be fact checked, but it was something like that. It, it it was literally just a a like crib of uh, John Oliver's. I just remember like reading that title. It's like last week trying to follow it. Going okay, so it's basically... it, was, it was absolute content. Yeah. <laughs> did you write all the content for that show, or did you uh, just reach out to like let's say Deuce to help you out with some stuff? I wrote some of it. I wrote a fair bit of it. Usually, it was um, me. Uh, I don't know if you'll remember um, Manju. I don't think I met him. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she was uh, in yeah Deck TV for a little bit as well, um, and it was actually uh, her project um, through and through. I was just the um, uh, loudspeaker. Yeah. Mm. So I definitely uh, between uh, me and my contribution and her sort of overarching pro- producer vision. That's kind of. Uh, how we uh how we did it but i wrote a fair bit of it and yeah that was super fun i haven't thought about that in a while but that was a ton of fun yeah it's very unique too and then you know it is something everyone sees or not like uh, the majority of people see because not everyone watches john oliver but right. it's still nice to like see you on the on that stage doing these same motion and gestures that these uh you know comedy you know talk show people do so it's like oh all right this man's yeah. built for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was, that was a good time so for your political journalism you did become a campaign manager for cliff newell did any mm-hmm. of that kind of work translate into the new campaign manager position you had yeah so i i actually originally i was living in dc after graduating um and very much did not enjoy my time in dc um but so I was kind of looking for, I didn't really enjoy what I was doing in terms of my uh, job there. And so I was kind of looking for a way to move, move on and kind of get out. Um, I had originally planned on going back to DC after the uh, campaign, but then the proverbial one thing led to the other and here we are. But um, uh, point being, I came back to my hometown in Nevada City, basically just to try and reset a little bit. And I talked with uh, Cliff, who's the district attorney here over winter break because I, I was planning on coming back anyway. I figured that would be a good uh, opportunity to figure some stuff out in terms of the life stuff. And we had a conversation and that led to another conversation. And uh, eventually we just had the thought where, you know, he had a pretty small team. Obviously it's not a huge campaign. It's a district campaign uh, or rather yeah, district wide uh, campaign, obviously. Um, but you know, it's not, we're not, we're not running for Senate here. Um, so I had kind of said, yeah, I'd love to help out. And eventually help out just became, we'll run the campaign. And, um, we had a small team. It was basically just me, Cliff, and probably five other people, plus obviously volunteers. Um, and yeah, that was super fun. It was, it was definitely a little bit of trial by fire. Cause even at a pretty local level politics, is still a bit of a bit of a complicated beast for sure um but i did it i had a really great time with that it was very much a thing where did it glad i did it will not do it again <laughs> uh, cliff <laughs> done with awesome, that chapter <laughs> yeah cliff is an awesome guy um that was his last he said at the beginning he said hey i don't know where you're at with this but this is very much this is the last time i'm running and i was like great this is the last time I'm running your campaign. So this is perfect. <laughs> we have an understanding. But no, it was really cool. We won, obviously, uh, which, which is 
the point. Um, <laughs> and it was pretty close. So that was kind of, you know, in, uh, my, my younger sister works in uh, politics. So I, I like to joke that um, she is playing in the big leagues and I had a uh, half a season in AAA. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it was, it was really uh, interesting experience uh, seeing particularly local politics because local politics is its, whole, is its own interesting sort of animal. Um, and seeing that from the perspective of being inside it rather than just reading about it in the local newspaper or whatever was very, very interesting. And uh, it, was, it was a cool, it was a cool job. Yeah. You ever watch Parks and Rec? Yes. You and and the question you're approaching, the answer is also yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for those that have not seen the show, uh, a good geek Owen, so I'm watching it. But uh, there's a gentleman that was an actor, play, Adam Scott, played Ben Wyatt, who was a campaign manager for numerous politi- political figures on the show. So immediately, that was just like this. Yep. This has to be your source material for studying. So, hundred <laughs> percent. And like the the small town politics side of it, and just how ridiculous. Like some of the stuff on the show is only like ten percent more ridiculous. Like how the local folks act and the stuff when they're like yelling at Leslie or whatever in a board meeting, right? Yeah. Or a city council meeting. All that stuff. It's like only a little bit exaggerated, man. Local politics is so ridiculous. It's so funny. Um, yeah. My younger sister, speaking of political shows though, and, and speaking of my younger sister again, she um, she shared a funny uh, observation with me that uh, I thought was hilarious is she said, and this is a paraphrase, I don't remember what she said exactly, but basically people go into politics thinking that they're gonna be in the West Wing. And then by the time they're actually experienced in politics, they realize they're in deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because West Wing, like, they basically glorify. I just remember the only thing out of West Wing that came out of that show was just their scenes of them walking down the alley with the camera, like, following them as they take all the, these turns. The good, old, the good old walk and talks, man. Aaron Sorkin loves fast dialogue and walk and talks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay. I, I think I know what's going on now. But yeah, Veep, I never I never saw, but I knew I know of it. Um, yeah. Good it was, watch. Good watch. Okay, so that one's a little more accurate. Yeah, it captures just the absurdity of the particularly personal side of politics. Just um, you know, not to get uh, not to get like political at all, but when people, the funniest thing to me is when people talk about like you know, oh the the government and the deep state or whatever. Um, I don't even care where you land politically. It's just <laughs> if you know if you know enough people who work on the ground in politics, you'll understand that. Trust me, they are not coordinated enough to do half of the stuff you guys are thinking they're doing. Conspiracies need to be focused around incompetence, not hypercompetence. Trust me. How much of your research process, your research process, got improved after you went through this uh, gambit of being a campaign manager? Hmm. Uh, I would say quite a bit. I. Let's, you, let's let's use that plant behind you as an example. How would you research info about that plant? This plant? Yes, the All one right. blue. Okay, uh, that's a great question. My girlfriend gave me this plant, so I would start there. <laughs> um, uh, that is a good question, though. Um, yeah, uh, if you're taking yeah given given thing and trying to research back, figure out uh, what it's all about, I would actually 
use that quip about my girlfriend as an example in that um, she obviously knows a lot more about the plant than me, right? Yeah. Um, so she is in terms of this particular plant an expert, right? So I would actually say that that is the number one thing I learned through the campaign is know what, know what you don't know and then talk to people who are smarter than you about that stuff. So if it's a plant and you got it from your girlfriend who's really into plants, talk to your girlfriend. Uh, if you're talking about uh, how to organize a, a campaign event at a local brewery, um, talk to the uh, owner of the brewery or talk to someone who has put a, an event like that together, right? So just understanding the limits of your own uh, experience or intellect or whatever else uh, is a very good place to start with anything, whether you're trying to figure out a plant or what a plant's all about, or whether you're trying to run a local campaign, or you're trying to uh, figure out how to get kids to understand how semicolons work. Wait, what a semicolon? I thought that was just like a winky face. Like, good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> that's, 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 one, that's one great way. <laughs> that's one great way. <laughs> uh, so, with this new experience again as a campaign manager, did you find yourself feeling a new kind of like endorphins and new kind of like excitement and kind of high when it came to like, you know, him getting reelected, Mr. Newell, but, or, or you just like, I'm exhausted, emotionally, physically exhausted. I just want to put this to bed. No, it was, uh, it was definitely throughout the process. And then obviously the, the denouement of, of winning was a, a great release, obviously just winning is great in general, regardless of what it is. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, it was, it was new and it was very rapid, which I enjoy. I really do uh, enjoy a lot of stimuli and a lot of um, dynamism in my life, whatever, whether that's professionally or uh, in my personal life. So uh, yeah, I like a little bit of chaos and politics at every level uh, is nothing if not chaotic. So that was really quite a very, quite an enjoyable experience from that perspective, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I volunteered, I mean, it's not to this extent where uh, I was never a campaign manager, but like I remember volunteering for the Eugene Marathon and I worked oh. basically the um, place where people check in their bags and then I would tag it, put on a truck. That was hectic, but I like I got a new sense of energy. I was like, I could think quicker. I can move a little faster, but I was like, at least I know I can work in a chaotic environment and I can yeah. actually show some production out of that. 100%. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to you know, learn about yourself is, you know, how, how you work best too. Yeah. yeah. Keone Chats is probably sponsored by Kove Hard Yerba Mate. So last week, my guest Josh Mackler is a co-owner of the company, has been gracious enough to become a sponsor of the show and give me my own discount code. So that's kind of crazy for me to say that I have my own discount code as anytime I watch podcasts or uh, listen to podcasts. I hear them talk about program other companies and use tell them to use discount codes for the viewers or listeners. So I'm in that spirit now. So very excited. <laughs> so you know, hard seltzers were very popular because of their ability to get people loosened up, while also making it very low on the nutrition facts menu. So you know, low sugar, low calories, uh, low anything else, just low in the right department so uh, for Josh to take the seltzer kind of you know not so heavy uh, alcohol industry and spin it to yerba mates 
It's a very bold move, so I'm very excited to really dive on into this product because uh, last week uh, he was still, was the Yerba Mate's was on shipment, but finally arrived today. So I'm very excited to give it a shot and try it out. And uh, it has some interesting flavors. You have mojito, orange colada, they have a lemonade, and they have a berry flavor. So I'm very excited to throw those. And uh, so for you to be able to try out this hard yerba mate go to hardyerbamate.com h-a-r-d-y-e-r-b-a-m-a-t-e.com then use my discount code of keoni chats kove k-e-o-n-i-c-h-a-t-s-k-o-v-e uh, and then you'll get 25 percent off your total purchase you must be 21 or over to purchase any hard hard yerba mate from josh and please, 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 everyone, please drink responsibly. Yeah, yeah. How I mean, like, if I if I want to like try and map out the neurons processing all my thoughts as I'm like doing this, this is I can't. But I, you know, that's that's the time for another conversation. So, for sure. someone you know pulling a kale with someone that knows more than I do, because I science never got it. No, not, not my area of expertise either. Yeah. <laughs> Your area of expertise from, uh, you know, going back for what I said earlier about the bright yellow shirts, the bright pink, you've also got a pretty nice closet filled with suits. I love suits. I love the jackets. I love the ties. I love the pants, shirts, pants, and all of that, the whole nine. Mm. So where did this fashion sense come from? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I honestly don't know, because uh, speaking again of high school to college to now, uh, in high school, I was a, you know, I was like a cross country runner. I did not have a developed sense of style at all. I'm pretty sure most days I pretty much wore more or less what I was just going to wear to practice that day. So it was very much in college. I think it was honestly originally just a function of going to thrift stores and like Buffalo Exchange was a cool place in Eugene, obviously. They have a few other spots, but there's mm -hmm. one in Eugene. And just sort of slowly figuring out what I like. Cause I always like bright colors. Um, pink's my favorite color. Like I, I do like that kind of vibrancy. Um, and frankly, I think just on a uh, objective level for myself, uh, I just think I look good in those colors, right? It's, it's, it's just for me here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think it just came from a, a personal development, right? I think in a lot of ways, your fashion can end up uh, being a reflection of who you are as a person, right? So as I sort of figured out more stuff about my uh, myself as a person, whether that's, you know, identity, sexuality, like profession, all the parts of you that make up you as I figured that stuff out more in college as people often do I, I think the fashion ended up sort of just reflecting that to where now I kind of have a good idea of what I what I like whether that's you know the shoes how I'm putting outfits together like how bright we're gonna go on that particular day like we're gonna go with the I'll look in my closet right now we're gonna go with the uh <laughs> the, the bright blue bomber jacket or are we going to do the pink skateboarding jacket like it's just you know yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of experimenting and seeing like, okay, this works. And if it doesn't, give it to your younger sister. I'm sure she can make it work. I always, I always consult my younger sister. She's actually, uh, in many ways, the brains behind any number of aspects of my life. I yeah. very, I, I, I frequently refer to her as the um, chief of staff of my life. Oh, there uh, you so go. Speaking to campaign managing, she does not get paid for this. Uh, this is just <laughs> a unfortunate thing she's been saddled with as a person. But uh, yes, she's very much the chief of staff of my life. So frequently I will say, hey, does this match with this? <laughs> <laughs> I've I'm actually, actually right with that. I've Googled a few times. Does teal go with brown? Maybe. And then it's like, something. I think it was like a giant no. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. cool. I'm not, I'm not great with the matching. I don't know why, but yeah, the color figuring out the color scheme sometimes eludes me. So um, Kiera is younger sister's name and she uh, is very, very helpful. <laughs> so. I think when I found out that brown and black don't go well together, I was like, why? I mean, they yeah. look fine. Black goes with everything. And that's the problem too, is it looks okay to me. And then, but then it's, it's apparently incorrect. So yeah, that's, I think I've gotten a lot. I've definitely gotten a lot better with that over the last probably couple of years is like, also figuring out the balance between how you want to be at work while still being like stylish and yourself and doing fashion and and you know then when you're like out and about so that's yeah. another that's another little nuance that you gotta figure out that's a uh, kale lesson number five <laughs> <laughs> yes. and i will start putting tally marks no, i'm kidding but um so uh, yeah, like right now you have on like a blue and white polka dot shirt yeah. with a necklace and your hair. Obviously, you're just on camera with the student. So obviously you had to make yourself look a little presentable. Yeah, I had to look presentable today. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the beard. So like you, you know how to properly put yourself together, at least for cameras. Where Well, and I, I have to put a disclaimer out too that this is also, yeah, I was with a student this morning. And then in basically directly after this, I'm going to go um, meet aforementioned girlfriend's parents for the first time so we're really we're, we're going full charm effect yeah dude you're catching me on a very very important day yeah yeah well, i mean i mean hope this still calms you down a little bit you get to oh, you know, dude, I'm, I'm good we're, we're chilling yeah <laughs> but so, but yes the, the 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 polka dot shirt the chains that the chain does stay on mm -hmm. um and yeah you can't see i've got i've got um Nike, Nike waffles, and we got a pair of khakis. So I think that nice. split the balance nicely. Speaking of the nuance, split the balance nicely between, <laughs> hey, you should let me date your daughter, and <laughs> and but also like yeah, put put fit together a little. I bit, I know. can look presentable when we're obviously out to dinner because I know some restaurants are. I don't know how California is, but like at least in Oregon, restaurants are opening up again. So yeah, we got you got like the outdoor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. For myself, I have uh i think maybe top of my head four five floral shirts oh yeah i have one cherry blossom i have one like white leaf i don't know what color or what flower that would be but then i really dived into the hawaiian shirts so nice <laughs> uh yeah and then I'm, I'm i'm a front desk person so you know we don't have clients coming in but when they did they would see right. this guy with a giant flower on his chest greeting me giving me drinks i was like eh, you know you're gonna Dude, that's, that's like uh welcoming though i feel like you know i see i see a dude with a nice uh 
flower uh yeah nice floral shirt on that 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 cools me down i have a few it works especially like during the springtime you're like i'm just wanting to be yeah see especially in the springtime 100 percent, right you're matching the uh the foliage around you there's something to that yeah Yeah. so if people need me at work i could just dive in and then just blend in (laughs) that's thinking that 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 is next level galaxy brain stuff there man uh you know i learned a lot since college so (laughs) (laughs) haven't we all yeah so you said pink is your favorite color i didn't know this about you but you got diagnosed with testicular cancer back in december 2013 how was it getting that news broken to you and then your processing because that i i i mean your what 2013 was uh eight years ago yep yep crazy to think about Crazy to think about, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're, yeah. you're still in your like your teens. How was? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was uh, 18. Yeah. Um, it was. It's funny because I've I've obviously talked about this a, any number of times over the over the years, and it's like I originally tried to describe it, I think, in a deliberately profound way, or at least a deliberately sort of emotionally meaningful way. And the farther along I've gotten in terms of processing that. Um, cause there is a trauma element to that, but processing that the farther away I've gotten from it too, I've pretty much landed on, yeah, that just sucked. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have anything more nuanced or profound or whatever. Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> like, you know, you come, I came to the end of my first, uh, term at Oregon and it was very, very sudden. So, you know, not going to. Uh, talk too much about the particulars of testicular cancer I don't think anybody wants that Um, but it's very fast it's very fast developing so it's a situation where I noticed a problem on like a Tuesday and by a week later I was um, having a the uh, initial surgery and then a month after that was in chemotherapy so it's it was such a rapid thing that there wasn't actually in the moment a ton of time to react to it at all it was just you know you're not thinking a lot about drowning while you're drowning because you're drowning um like you're you are thinking about exactly what's happening at that moment right there's not a ton of introspection going on so it was really and then even after i was um uh clear got the got the bad stuff out of the body and all that um went through chemo and then even uh, obviously in the years following that still was in observation doing blood work and all that all that not terribly fun or terribly interesting stuff eventually it was just this is just a thing i do every six months or eight months and then you eventually you're out of that and i think i was fully out of observation in 2018 maybe it might have been earlier than that i think i was still in college so it was around that um so yeah like by the time i got out of it it was just this is a thing that happened Frankly, there's a lot of good jokes I have gleaned from it. Um, like finding humor in the situation was definitely a way that I processed it both during and after. But really, it was just a thing where um, I've had, interestingly enough, uh, not interesting is the word for that, but uh, this year, a couple of um, my uh, close friends actually also got diagnosed with testicular cancer, which was odd because it was a similar time frame. It was in November for both of them. And I was obviously diagnosed in beginning of December. So something about that season maybe. <laughs> but, um, but it was honestly great to be able to be somewhat of a resource 
and a sort of a sounding board for those uh, those two people in my life. Um, so even if that was the only takeaway, and there was there's other stuff about you know learning how I deal with uh, upsetting situations or physical or non-physical trauma. I think that was all really useful. Um, some of it sad, some of it instructive, and but really just if the only takeaway was being able to be there for uh, folks who are going through that similar process, because it is pretty upsetting, obviously, uh, that that was that would be enough of a singular takeaway for me personally. It was a nice thing to be able to do. And that was just obviously this last year. So, yeah, that's what what because I assume you have an arsenal of things you can tell them to help them get through this. But for you going through this originally, what was probably the best uh, advice or just the, the most calming thing someone told you to just keep you getting through this process that still stick with you today? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I'm pretty sure it would have to be something my mom said. Um, and I say that as a default answer for a lot of stuff anyway. Um, but uh, moms are smart. <laughs> moms are moms are pretty terrific. I'm very pro mom. Yeah. 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 Pro dad, <laughs> dad but you know, he still needs to retire, but I'm still pro dad. Yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But very pro mom. Yeah, yeah. that's that is firm. Um, but yeah, I uh, again, this is a long time ago, so I'm not sure what she would have said exactly, but she was very supportive in the sense that I had a lot of frustration with any moments after where I felt that I was behind in life in some way, whether that was the school or running or whatever else. And I think she just did a really good job of saying, hey, like this is something that happened that you didn't have control over. Here are the things you have control over. Let's focus on those and develop and move forward with those. So I think that would probably be the best advice is just don't get frustrated with stuff that you can't change. Figure out the stuff around that that you can't change. Yeah. And, you know, right now with COVID still on a thing, I, I just tell people, like, I'm going to make lemons out of this pretty crappy lemonade that's given to me right now. Because if I just sit and wallow and look out the window and be like, it'll get better, it's going to yeah. go back to normal. That's, that's not doing anything progressive for me, like emotionally, like mentally and all that. So for sure. that is great advice for moms. Shout out to my mom, who's a great listener of the show. Kale's mom, who's, uh, I assume, going to listen to this also. <laughs> Shout out, Kathy. 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 Big fan. Kathy, Kale. Oh, well, your sister's name doesn't start with a K. No, it does. Yeah. It does? Yeah, it's Kathy. So yeah, so it's I'm Kale. My dad's name is Ken. Mom is Kathy. I have an older sister named Kendra and a younger sister named Kiera. So oh it's my! All yeah, a house full of K's. I know, <laughs> man. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, currently as a, a teacher still with this school, you also coach high school cross country and track, which you also did in high school, like you mentioned, probably like a minute or two ago. When it came to processing all the testicular cancer, how much did you lean on running? Uh, too much, probably, because I got hurt a bunch. Oh. <laughs> I, I immediately leaned on. Uh, I was in the running club at Oregon, which is just terrific. Shout out, running club, uh, rec fields, three o'clock. 
<laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like that was just a terrific support system through the entire thing. So I'd say that the act of running, I immediately tried to get right back into running and it just like, it didn't go well at all. So that was less positive, but the community around running, that, that group of folks in the running club, I leaned on extremely heavily both during and then obviously right after. That was um, some of the best people I've ever met. I met through that uh, club and um, you know, that sort of thing very much is, serves as a pretty good proof point for uh, friends in your life, right? It's pretty easy to be uh, some, be a friend and supportive and whatever else when stuff's going really, really smoothly. It's much, much more difficult uh, when something terrible happens, whether that's um, something terrible that's happened to me or frankly, whether it's something terrible that I may have done. <laughs> that, that's, a, you know, good people could do bad things. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just to say, like, that's when you kind of figure out uh, who your uh, who your people are, right? Is in the is in the moments of uh, high high stress and high uh, pain, I guess, uh, whether that's physical or otherwise. And yeah, so I leaned on run running club a lot, and I'm very glad that I did. Yeah, like when I went through a breakup, I guess it would be last year, uh, actually almost almost around this time. Yeah. I lean crazy on not just, you know, the drinking and also, you know, just watching movies, but yeah, mm-hmm. running, it was such a great, like physical relief or not just like a physical therapy just to, you know, put all of these like frustrations and all of these negative feelings I'm having towards this person or situation and just be like, I'm going to run X amount of miles and I'm going to be too tired to think about this. And I'm just going to feel just cleaned out. Oh man. Yeah. I am a firm, firm believer in, uh, the therapy of running. I, obviously, a lot of times I'll be running for a specific purpose, right? Whether that's training or whatever else, going a specific mile. But there is there there is a very real truism that I have held on to, regardless of where I'm at in my running fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always reach a point in running where you're running hard enough that you cannot think about the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, if you run hard enough, long enough, uh, you're going to figure out uh, whatever is plaguing you at that moment because your brain is going to only be able to process the most basic pieces of information. And I've solved a lot of, a lot of uh, difficult uh, problems just with a good hard run. So yeah. Very, very much with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to a point for me where like, I think if I hit over, I think over five, I'm just like, just just left right left right left right <laughs> just exactly. make it don't stop don't walk just just try to finish yeah. purifying yeah 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 but you did post something on instagram where you did run around i think it was your area like multiple times and i i don't like I, obviously it's instagram story so it's no longer available for me to check out but what was the story behind that if you remember it or just yeah so yeah yeah i uh I'm trying to think when I first did that because I did it uh, two or three times. Yeah. Uh, and basically, I had been running mostly just to run. I haven't I hadn't com- competed in quite a while at that point and really hadn't been in any kind of like terribly good shape. But beginning of the calendar year, I kind of had thoughts of, oh, it'd be cool to like really like go and train for a like specific race. Right. Um, and ended up um, 
COVID happening. And so that uh, races did not exist. And so I basically just had the thought, all right, uh, I will just uh, do time trials basically. Yeah. And so yeah, whether I, yeah, there was a little loop uh, around my uh, neighborhood that I ran a couple times. Uh, so that was a three mile. Uh, I did a downhill two mile, which was super fun. I just, there's a little area where you go up for a tiny bit and then it's just a dive bomb into uh, into downtown and you're mostly on sidewalks. And so that was super fun. Um, and just doing silly stuff like that where you're still like, it, you know, it's still, I'm taking it seriously. It is a, a race and that I'm running hard and, and all that. But at the same time, um, I am also just, it, it is all virtual. And, uh, and then the last one I did was uh, on the track. I just went to the track and did a 5,000. Um, and that was technically for our um, local Thanksgiving race where normally they have the, the turkey trot and it's a mm -hmm. whole big event and it's a terrific, terrific uh, event as well. So I still wanted to participate in that. And um, so they had it virtual this year where you run wherever, post your time and uh, your post course, post uh, your time and all that. And then, um, yeah, that was, so that was the culmination of kind of the year's goal. So I did, I did complete the goal. It was just not quite how I had imagined it would have looked at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, and then I believe I saw or oh, you ended up with a uh, was it fifteen fifty uh, yeah, time fifteen fifty like nine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I saw a photo of you posting of like how you stacked up against the other. I think the next person had like eighteen something. Yeah, it was not a terribly competitive race, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard, man. Yeah, because I I signed up for I think Shamrock Run and then I got canceled. So oh said, man, Shamrock. That's a good one. They sent yeah. me like the shirt, the medal and all that. And I was just like, well, I was going to actually try a little harder to actually do a little like a longer race. Cause the last time, uh, yeah. the year before I did it, it was uh, the AK. So I was like, I think we can do 15 K. I think I could do yeah. it. Not hard. I mean, uh, it's just one of those things like you're running by yourself. It's kind of hard to keep yourself motivated, but with the running with others. hundred like, percent. Yeah. It, it's like, not, yeah, it's not, uh, it's definitely not the same. I was, I was really happy with that, but it's totally miss it missing a critical element without the atmosphere of a race for sure yeah plus it's also i mean we're, you and i are marathon runners where we do kind of like the attention like hey hi hi family it's me running oh dude yeah i yeah i'm i'm very pro especially if i'm running well right like uh, i'm very i'm very uh like i i mentioned earlier i uh, i got that nice healthy uh narcissist streak in me i'm very uh i'm very about people cheering me on yeah <laughs> uh that's what i really love about you so i know you got something going on so kale before i let you go i do ask two hypothetical questions from this packet of 170 just All to right. wrap up my interview with a nice little funness to it uh, i think as little as you like think as long as you like um, okay. but the first question is not uh, maybe that's the question i thought i lost it but okay so the first question if you could choose any job to be replaced by robots, what job would you make obsolete? Oh man. Um, that's a good question. I'm going to say, I feel bad. Cause I don't want, I don't, I genuinely don't want anyone to lose their hypothetical jobs. Let, let's say um, that, let's say that group is able to relocate get other jobs. jobs. Yeah. They'll get other jobs. Okay. okay perfect. Now I can do it. Um, Guilty free, right? Well, in that case, yeah, in that case, um, I really think I would like grocery store workers 
to go do something else. And I am actually good with that being uh, just robots. Cause I always just like, cause the thing too is I always feel awkward in those situations. I have not as an adult at, at this point in my life, I just have not figured out how to have a not awkward interaction with a grocery store clerk. So if it was a robot, that would really take the pressure off for me. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Well, also with the mask, you're like, you know, you do a little smirk oh, if you need to have a mask. Cause... Yeah, it's a whole another layer of awkwardness now, yeah. You try to, like, smile with your eyebrows. You're like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, I mean, mm, this is already, like, in some states where, like, you don't need to have a gas attendant there. You can just pump it yourself. I mean, if robots could do that for me and just, I'll just pay them there. Uh, Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That would be nice because I, that, yeah I don't, yeah i don't want to get out of my car nice. plus plus like with um you know like let's say lines the, the lines would be guys go by so much quicker because that's true it'll just be, be more efficient yeah. be more efficient that's the word and plus mm-hmm. maybe it'll also reduce the price of gas i would just hate it for be like oh we have robots now let's up the price for gas these suckers <laughs> suckers <laughs> these suckers <laughs> uh so my last question to you would you want to live in a world where everyone's thoughts appeared as text above their head? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. If people saw the thoughts that I was thinking in real time as text above my head, I think I would be fully ostracized from society by this point. <laughs> I mean, it looks like you're living in the forest already. So I'm, I'm getting closer and closer every day to retreating to a A-frame cabin in a undisclosed location. Yeah. <laughs> Near Roswell, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same neighborhood. Yeah. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would, I would say no as well because then I wouldn't have a podcast because then I want to talk to people about their thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm out of a, I'm out of a hobby. That would make stuff pretty difficult for you yeah a little bit a little bit then it's just like it's just too easy i can't have things be too easy i gotta have a little a little challenge yeah <laughs> <laughs> kale noon where can the people find you on social media uh they can find me uh the nice thing about my name being spelled k-a-e-l uh is that i pretty much can just use my name as my handle so it's just kale newton uh at yeah at kale newton on instagram twitter wherever yeah yeah kale the person kale not the food not yeah not a leafy green um i am higher in iron though so. <laughs> uh you see that's just the perfect line to end on <laughs> <laughs> perfect thanks man appreciate it thank you so much for sticking around until the end of the episode if you like what you heard or watched and would like more episodes from keone chats the show can be found on all major podcast platforms under Keone Chats. A video version is available on YouTube under Keone Chats as well. So like and subscribe on those platforms to keep in the loop as far as the next episode released. But if you would like to be a guest, go ahead and email me your story at kcmedia13 at yahoo.com and I'd love to get you scheduled. To keep up to date with all of the episode release announcements on social media, the uh, KC Media brand can be found on Instagram and Twitter under KC Media 13. And then on Facebook, it can be found under Kanluke Media. So until the next episode, everyone, please take care.